Great. Well, um, <laughs> we were commenting this morning. Um, uh, last Sunday, uh, I was chatting with Dawny after the service. And she said, oh, it just looked uh, like such a great service. And uh, then I, I let her know about some of the peddling that was happening uh, behind the scenes. And she was like, wow, that's very amazing. <laughs> there was a lot of peddling behind the scenes there. And uh, it's been no different this morning. Lots of uh, peddling behind the scenes to, to uh, yeah, get the service ready. Um, yeah, Sean, can I just ask, or, or Brett, just to swap the lights, just so they're not uh, making me purple and look sick again. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Excellent. Well, if you have your Bibles there, you can up, open up to First Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how we... Uh, just continue to reach the end of the books that we're going through. It's really lovely to be preaching through uh, various books of the Bible as a church. And uh, now we're sort of uh, getting the tail end of Thessalonians, which is great, the first le- um, first letter. Before we do dive in together, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you are God above all. <clears throat> thank you that you see and know us, all of our needs all of our challenges. And uh, Lord, I'm just uh, reminded um, so often that just that picture is coming to me of the head of the body. And even if the smallest part of the body, Lord, some of us might feel um, neglected, unnoticed. Some of us might feel that we don't play a big part or that uh, nobody really sees um, who we are or what we're doing. Yet, Lord, every time, Lord, even the smallest pinky finger, <laughs> the, the, um, even a hair can be plucked out, Lord, and the head feels it, the head knows that pain, it registers there. And Lord, that's a beautiful picture of your body, that every pain, every, every difficulty, every challenge, Lord, is felt by the head that every part of your body undergoes. And Lord, we thank you for that, that you are able to do that, Lord Jesus, as head over your church. You know how everyone is feeling, what's happening. And I thank you, Lord, that through the powerful work of your death and resurrection, your body, um, your life offered as a perfect sacrifice for us, Lord, that we are able to have um, a life that overcomes, a victorious life, as the Scriptures declare to us, Lord. So as we read these verses now, Lord, as we reflect on them as a church family, Lord, we simply ask that that your Holy Spirit would breathe upon them, Lord, and they would be living words coming to do a powerful work in our lives. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, I'll read to you uh, the passage. Uh, we're here in First Thessalonians chapter 5, and we have verse 12 to 15 uh, that I'll be reading. It says this, We ask you, brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Well, it's a few verses, but as uh, Brett was saying to me uh, on the phone last night, he said, there's a lot in there. (laughs) And it's true, there's a lot to reflect upon. Uh, But I'll start here in the first uh, couple of verses, which is uh, very interesting. So it's saying here, 
that we are to respect those who labor among us and are over you in the Lord, who admonish you. And uh, I stand here uh, before you as, uh, as that person. I am the person who uh, labors among you. We all labor in different ways, but um, I've been appointed to be over you in the Lord. And uh, yeah, that can sound a bit uh, self-serving or that sort of a thing that I'm asking you now to respect me. Um, and it's strange. I, I sort of feel, I wouldn't want to be asking you to do this. Like naturally, this is awkward. You know, have you ever had to stand in front of people and say, all right, can you respect me? And can you um, love me and esteemly highly? <laughs> How many of you have ever had to do that before people? And I feel awkward saying that. But you know what? There's a part of me that says, all right, I'm going to get past the awkwardness of this. And I want to say it. Why is that? Because it's simply written here in the Word of God. And ultimately, then I'm demonstrating to you, it's not me who's saying it. I'm not trying to get some sort of uh, need of respect, um, some, um, uh, yeah, like uh, some uh, way of just being fulfilled uh, for my own desires. No, I simply want to be a blessing and for you to walk in uh, fulfilling the Scripture. Um and so in that way, even though it's awkward, I want to say to you guys, look, in order to, to do what God is wanting, what is on his heart, you need to uh, respect and to love those who are over you in the Lord, just as I do. So I do that. And there is someone who is over me in the Lord, and that's Stuart, you know, in how our church is structured. And I do that to him. And in the way that I do that to him, I would ask that you do that to me. But it's interesting. Notice here, just be, let's be sensitive to what Paul is writing. He says, we ask you, brothers... It's not a command. He doesn't say we command you. It's a request. And so it's not submitting or, or uh, being respectful and loving towards leadership is never something that is a burden or is a, a commandment. It's always out of an asking, a request. A, and there's a freedom, freedom there to choose. You can choose to not or to do that. Um, and I believe it will go well for you if you do. It will be a helpful thing. But I encourage you to reflect on that. And he says um, at the very end of verse 13, be at peace among yourselves. And this is the one of the ways that we're able to do this. And I want to say as well, um, I, I say this to you as I'm just preaching through this passage, but in my experience, um, I, I cannot really think of times um, by and large um, where I've not experienced this from any of you. So I'm very grateful and I appreciate the respect and love that you have shown me. And I want to show, uh, and I believe I am showing that to you. If you feel I'm not, but please let me know. I'd love to know how I can do that better. <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes on here, right? In verse 14, and he says, We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And it's interesting. If you look in a lot of churches, you'll see that this sort of work, admonishing the idle, encouraging the faint-hearted, helping the weak, that's something that often people say that this is what the leadership should be doing. The leadership should be, you know, encouraging the faint-hearted. They should be um, admonishing the idle, helping the weak. That's what, that's what the leadership should be doing. You know what? Absolutely true. But equally true, everyone should be doing that as well. Everyone else in the church. See here, it's saying, brothers, it's not to leaders. It's not to those who are over you in the Lord. No, he's saying everyone. This is the role of everyone in the church. And by and large, my experience, again, um, being at the Vinehurst Bridge has been that this is how we are operating as a church community, which is great. But I must say as well, there's points where I feel, you know, okay, maybe we don't do this. Maybe we feel that it is uh, something that the leadership should do. Uh, I'll give you some examples. 
Um, at times throughout this COVID period, I've had people come and ask and say, oh, how is such and such doing? Or, you know, what are we doing about the people on the fringe? You know, or, you know, what about these sorts of things? And uh, often, and I could have misunderstood, <laughs> and uh, that could be the case, but often I, my sense is people asking me, what am I doing? What am I doing as the leader for the people on the fringe? What are, what are we doing for this person who's, you know, maybe a bit faint-hearted right now or, or is struggling? And I want to encourage you that if you're asking that question, if you're seeing someone among the brothers and sisters in the church family, you're saying, wow, that person, they just seem to be struggling right now, or they're doing it tough, or whatever it is, the first thing, you know, you need to ask is, is what are we doing as a church? And when you say we, you got to think about yourself, you personally, you're a part of the church, and this extends to everyone. You see how, again, it's not leadership that Paul's talking to here specifically, although they are included, but it's everyone. Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. And so simply my question to you is, when you see someone in that place, do you let them struggle and, and say, oh, I don't know how to engage or how to interact, or that's something that Ollie should be doing? Absolutely, it should be something I'm doing, but equally, it should be something you're doing <laughs> if we're fulfilling this passage of Scripture. So what are the things then that prevent us from doing this? Often, um, you know, I put, try and put myself in other people's shoes and, and there can be um, a fear of not knowing what to say. You see someone who's struggling, someone who's doing it tough, and you feel like, I don't know how to input into their situation. I don't know what to say. Do you know what? If you say that for the rest of your life and you think, I, I don't know what to say, you're never going to get to the point where you'll be able to encourage someone and build someone up when they're doing it tough, when they're feeling faint-hearted. You've got to reach a point where you say, you know what, I don't know what to say here, but I'm just going to go in and listen or pray or something. I've got to try. And we all start at that point, every one of us, even Peter, the apostle. You see how Jesus trained his disciples, you know. He sent them out into towns two by two. He demonstrated and was an example and then sent them out themselves. Each one of us have got to go to a place, and I've had those experiences in my life as well, I've, I've seen something that needs to happen. Um, someone's struggling or they're in a, a challenge or, or you know what, they're not walking in what is right. Maybe there is idleness and it needs to be challenged and they need encouragement and saying, hey, look, you can do better here. And that's a difficult conversation to have at times. But if you're not prepared to say, look, I'm going to get past the challenge and the awkwardness of this or the difficulty that I find in doing this, then how... Are we ever going to be built up in this way as a body? You see, in the same way, right, you have a look um, just earlier. I'm, uh, I'm willing to say to you, please, I ask you to love and respect me as is right in the Lord, because it's not me asking. Ultimately, it's God through this passage of Scripture. That's awkward for me to do, but I'm getting past that because I believe it's right for me to ask you. And in the same way, each one of us need to learn how to get past our own limitations, our own struggles, and to say, you know what? I see someone who's in need here, or I see someone who's being challenged. And it doesn't matter, you know, what age you are. It's about starting out. Even my daughter Hadassah and Abel, they have encouraged and built me up at times in how they've treated me. Even Justin, just with his smile. A smile can go a long way to a faint heart. So I encourage you to do this. And for those of you who are already doing it, who are already out there and really active in how you're building one another up, admonishing people, challenging, trying to uh, shepherd and encourage, continue to do it. But see the last part of this verse, Paul says, be patient with them all. 
you know, if you do this too intensely and too, um, you're really trying to achieve an outcome and goal. You know, this person needs to be built up. This person needs to be encouraged. This person, you know, is in need of that, not to be weak or whatever. It's very easy if you start taking a lot of that on yourself to become impatient. Be like, oh, come on, snap out of your faint-heartedness. Get over your weakness. Get going. But see how Paul is so sensitive to what is right um, from God's perspective here. He's filled with the Holy Spirit as he speaks, as he writes this. Be patient with them all. Exercise patience as you go around this. Have you ever tried to help someone who's learning something and it's really difficult and awkward? Maybe like trying to teach someone how to ride, ride a bike. Maybe some of your dads or mums have done that. Or teaching someone how to cook for the first time. Maybe we try some of those recipes Ben was getting us to put into the chat earlier. But if you're trying to teach someone to do something, it can be very difficult, especially when you feel the person's not getting it. You're like, I don't know how to explain it anymore. At every point, we need to be exercising patience and tenderness in how we go about this. And then Paul, um, lastly, says here, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to to do good to one another and to everyone. Do you notice in that one verse how many absolute words there are? Let me list them for you. No one, anyone, always, everyone. (laughs) Do you see that? There's no wriggle room when you start pulling out words like that. When you say always or when you say everyone, it's all right, that's blanket. There's no really options to say, oh, I'm an exception or or, that's not going to work here. Let me read it to you again and think about those words, the absolutes. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So you can see that from this, there's no justification. Let's say someone's hurt you. You've had someone done something evil to you. Anyone ever had that happen? Put your hand up. (laughs) Yeah, I see a few hands going up. Some of you have never experienced evil by the look of it. So, (laughs) but we've all experienced challenges, right? We've all experienced evil. And our natural response is to try and hurt or to pay back to, to bring about justice. See that no one repays anyone. Doesn't matter how hard you were hurt, even if you consider the deepest pain that you've undergone in your life that someone's inflicted upon you. The deepest hurt that you could imagine. No one pay back anyone, evil for evil. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter if they're the worst person in the world, they're on their most wanted list, or they've been in jail for so many years, or they're terrible this or that. Doesn't matter who they are. If they're good or bad, ugly, in between, see that no one pays back anyone evil for evil. But always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. So we need to be seeking this out all the time in every occasion. Never to do something wrong or to frustrate, to upset, to give evil to someone else, but to always seek to do good one another and to everyone there's no one who's an exception even you imagine hitler right is it wrong would it be right to pay back evil for evil to hitler for all the things that he's done wrong someone like him you know he's often we 
uh, use Hitler as a, a really worst case scenario. There might be other people who have been worse than Hitler. He's probably one of the people we, we think about in modern times. But you know what? If Hitler was before you, would you want to pay back evil for evil? I mean, not that you were personally hurt by that. But you get the point that I'm saying. It's that no one pays anyone evil for evil, but always seeking to do good to one another. And you know what? If you reflect or not, this is actually God's heart in all of these situations, right? God's heart is always to do good to everyone. And you see that. We're just about to celebrate communion shortly. And that's God's heart. God's heart. Does the Lord ever say, oh, Hitler, no, you don't have access to this table. You know what? Because you've done all those things, you can't access it. It's by faith that we come here. And it's only by faith. So because, you know, someone may not believe, it means that they're themselves cutting off access. But from the Lord's perspective, he never says, all right, I stand between this. I'm trying to cover it here. <laughs> I hope you can still hear me. But yeah, see how the Lord never blocks it. He says the access is free. You've got to come in faith. He never blocks access at all. See how God's heart is like that? It's always to do good to everyone. He's never repaying back evil for evil, but He will bring about justice. And then you reflect back in verse 14, right? Admonish the idle. Maybe there's some idle people among us right now. Maybe there's some faint-hearted Maybe you're feeling faint-hearted. Maybe you're feeling weak in areas. Do you know what the Lord's heart? It's for the weak to be helped. It's for the idle to be admonished. It's for the, um, yeah, the faint-hearted to be encouraged. That is God's heart. That's what He's desiring. But do you see how this is brought alive by people practicing it? It's brought alive by someone saying, you know what, Lord, I want to offer my body as a living sacrifice to you, holy and pleasing. Is this our heart? Are we saying, Lord, I want to do this, even though you might even have to get over awkwardness, even though you might have to have a hard conversation with someone, if you're admonishing an idle person and correcting and saying, look, you know, what you're doing is just not sitting right. You should be more engaged or you should be stepping up. Are you able to do that? And you see, if you're offering yourself to God as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him, it will, it will constrain you to do the will of God more and more. Because at any point where you say, oh, look, that's just really awkward right now to have that conversation. Or it's really hard to express that. Or, you know, I don't want to confront that person. Or I, I'm just too, I don't know what to say in that circumstance. You see... When we seek to fulfill this and we say, Lord, simply my life, I want it to be yours. I want it to be holy and pleasing to you. Then it's all those things are suddenly thrown out the window and you say, all right, I've got to somehow figure out how to do this. I might make a mistake, but it's important that I learn and grow from my mistakes. And the same you look back, the Lord's heart is to respect those who are over you in the Lord, to esteem them highly. That's his posture. You see, Jesus, he was the head of the church, but even he was in submission to his father, completely in his will. He respected and honored his father 100%, never went outside the will of his father. See that? He demonstrated that submission, that love, that honor, that respect. And it was because his father loved him. And so the same is true in the church. It, this is simply, all of this is just representing God's heart in each of these places. 
So I encourage you, step out in boldness. <laughs> you may already be doing it, but continue to do it. And as we do that, we will see God's will being fulfilled among us, which is an exciting thing. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing that happen more and more in our church community. I think we're already doing it. I think we've got to continue to grow. And that's why I'm standing here exhorting you in this way, that we continue to grow in this and build up more and more into the will of God among us and offering our lives completely for His will. All right, I'm going to lead us into communion now. So I'll just grab the elements. And uh, yeah, if you've got yours at home, you can also grab them. <laughs> you can't see this, but I, I was the only person who was prepared here today. <laughs> it was a, a week back, uh, a few weeks back, I, I forgot to prepare, but fortunately I was at Nyora Road and uh, there was some uh, grape juice and stuff on hand. But I remembered, made a point of remembering today. So we have here, this represents the blood of Christ and this represents his body. Let us reflect when we come. You might have sinned throughout this week. Highly likely, in fact. <laughs> you might even be feeling guilt right now for something you have done last night or in the last few days. Maybe you had a pressured conversation with your wife. Maybe um, you snapped at your children. Maybe you did something you know you shouldn't have done. Brothers and sisters, it is a blessing to come to this table. You know what? You don't have to receive the blood of Christ just when you have communion. You can receive it in that moment and say, Lord, I know that I've done wrong, but by faith, I want to come to the blood of Jesus and receive forgiveness. And you know what? Anyone who comes in that posture by faith and in humility, the Lord never holds his blood back. And this is what we're coming. We're doing it together as a, as a church today to receive the blood of Christ together in faith over every sin that any one of us has committed. Praise be to God, hey? Isn't that wonderful? At any point where we have done evil to someone else, at any point where we have not done good, at any point where we failed, maybe to help someone who was weak and we saw I could have reached out. You know what? The blood of Christ gives us forgiveness and a cleansed conscience in all of these areas. And the body. This is the body of Christ, which is given for us. And I'll break the bread here. Because it says that we who are one body, we are one body for we all share of the one bread. And so as we come together as one body, each one of us apart, we share from one bread, but we each have a part to play in this. And it's God in Jesus Christ who extended his body to us that we could be a part of it. That is where we are able to, by his power working through us, do his will, not in our own strength. So let's eat and drink together. Why don't you stand if you're at home? Hop up and stand. And if you're here, you can stand as well. You can all stand together. We're going to celebrate. Let's just have uh, a minute just to reflect, each of us personally. Again, if there's any sin that you've committed this week, anything that your mind is feeling a guilty, staying conscious for right now, 
this has been shed for you, the, the blood of Christ. And just simply receive it by faith. Say, Lord, you know, I might not feel very clean right now. I feel the guilt for what I've done. But I trust that your blood is enough to give me forgiveness for that. And then reflect as well on the body for a few minutes. And reflect how you are a part of his body. And that in the body of Christ, he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. And to minister to the other members of the body for his glory. Let's reflect for a few minutes and then we'll take the elements together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have expressed your love for us so deeply. In so many ways, Lord, for sending Jesus that we could have forgiveness of sins and be a part of your body. But also for giving us such great instruction, Lord, that if there are people among us who are weak, faint-hearted, idle, Lord, that you're wanting us to change, to not be in that place, and that you want to use us to see that change come about, Lord. You want us to do good. You want us to respect those who are over us in the Lord because this is right and it expresses your heart, Father, and all of these things are blessings to us. So, Lord Jesus, as a church, Lord, a part of your body, Lord, you're very aware as the head of each of us in our hearts right now. And, Lord, we just want to express from our hearts thanks and gratitude for your body and blood which is given for us, which you gave up, that we could partake of them both. And we thank you that we can do this now in remembrance of what you've done. In the name of Christ, amen. Well, let's eat the bread together and then in a short leave we'll drink the cup and we'll make a declaration. So we'll declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Saviour as we often do. Lord, if we submit to Him, if we submit and we seek to practice and do His will, as we've just seen in this small portion of 1 Thessalonians, and Saviour by His blood, that He has saved us and redeemed us from all of our sins. Let's declare together, Jesus Christ is Lord and Saviour. Excellent. Well, I'm going to hand over to Brett now, who will uh, wrap our service today. And I believe we've got some breakout rooms to come as well. Thank you, Brett.